Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Changemakers podcast brought to you by SAP Services and Support. I'm your host, Robin Prince, and our topic in this episode is one that I'm certainly curious to learn more about. Today, we will be discussing quantum computing at SAP, and joining us to do so is the brilliant Dr. Engelbert Quack. And just to give you a brief introduction into his background before I let him take it away, Dr. Quack is a strategic advisor in SAP's business transformation services, generating customer benefits from the latest SAP technologies such as machine learning, artificial intelligence, data technology, and sustainability. He's also engaged to recruit the next top talents for SAP. So if you're looking to get in the door with SAP, I'd suggest maybe connecting with him on LinkedIn. Dr. Quack, thank you so much for being here with us today. Before we jump into the questions, would you mind just sharing with our listeners a bit more on your background? Because it is certainly an impressive one, and I would love for them to hear everything that you've done and everything that you do. Yes, hello, and welcome from my side as well. Yes, I will certainly not go through all the stages of my CV. My background is I have studied mathematics and physics, and I have a PhD in theoretical physics. <clears throat> and I worked afterwards at some universities like in Stanford and also at CERN, the research lab in Europe, where I had also the interesting times. So I'm certainly a, a qualified speaker for the topic uh, <laughs> that you want to discuss. Certainly. Uh, before joining SAP, I was working for some years in a management consulting firm, where I did my management consulting education and later I had several management positions in technology companies before joining SAP. And I'm looking forward to elaborate on this topic, but I really want to keep it as understandable and non-technical as possible so that this is also something interesting for a broader audience than just uh, technology gurus. And <laughs> Definitely. So like I said, certainly an impressive background just from that very brief introduction. So for our listeners, you get a sense of the subject matter expertise that Dr. Quack is providing to us today. So we're very lucky to have him here. So we'll just jump right in. And as you said, keeping it as high level, simple as possible for those of us who aren't quantum physicists. So my first question to you is in simple terms or as simple as possible, what is quantum computing? Quantum computing is an emerging technology that uses a certain quantum feature to build a new kind of computer hardware and also software, of course, and brings in a new level of technological power to the computing world, overtaking much of the classical computing that we have. So you mentioned classical computing. So what are the specifics of a quantum world versus a classical world? For example, can you elaborate on quantum entanglement? Get into a little bit of that for us and our listeners. Well, the classical world is what you are used to with deterministic laws and all the classical understanding of our world. The quantum world is a little bit different. And if you don't have an experience on that, it may sound a bit strange, but it's just like a different country where the people speak a different language. They may drive on the left side instead of the right side. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you need to understand so that you can sort of make sense and get along. And uh, this is also what is happening in, in the quantum world. In quantum world, many things are different, and we understand these differences and we use them to build, as I said, a new technology. One of these differences is that 
different quantum states can be entangled. That means they are interlinked with each other. Even if they are separated over a certain distance, they still keep being interlinked. So when you change one state, and then the other one is also changed accordingly, although if it's already separated physically. And this is one of the basic principles that we use to build this new technology. Very interesting. And certainly, I think that's certainly a topic that anyone listening who isn't familiar would need to do some more research on to, I think, really get a good grasp on it. But thank you for that high level introduction. It sounds very interesting. And there's definitely some deeper levels to that. To set the stage for our listeners, how does a traditional computer work and how much information can be processed? So imagine a classical computer like rooms in a big house and each of these rooms corresponds to a classical bit. In each of these rooms you have a light and so you can have the light on in this room or the light off in this room. These are two states. In the next room, the same. Light is on, the light is off, two states. If you have 10 rooms, then you have 20 bits of information in, the, in these 10 rooms. But these rooms, they don't know of each other, of course, they're independent. And in each of these rooms, you can just switch on the light on or off. Right. This corresponds to the, in very simple terms, to a classical computer. Then you build a logical layer on that, made of gates, like end gate, or gate not gate and then you build the software stack on that you build a classical world in a realization of uh, microchips nowadays and when it started they had other technologies that they tried in the end we use microchips that you are familiar with in today's world build of transistors so why is quantum computing so powerful and, and what can we do with a quantum computer Okay, so let's go back to my picture of these rooms. When you have quantum bits, qubits, then these rooms are intertangled. It means they know of each other. The mm -hmm. room one knows whether on room three the light is on or off. And that means that you have many more states than just two plus two plus two, but then it multiplies. So you have two times two times two, so ten rooms. The information is two to the power of ten, more than thousand mm -hmm. bits of information. And this makes it powerful. Another reason why quantum computers are powerful are that these qubits don't only have the two states of, of zero and one, means light on or off, but you mm -hmm. can also have many states in between, like if you dim the light. And that mm. also adds to the power of, of this yeah. uh, technology of the quantum computers. And then you have to go on, but this has been done you have to build a logical layer, you have to build the gates, and you have to look what is the technical realization. And in the moment, there are several attempts and several technologies using ion-charged atoms or photons or electrons. Some are using superconducting qubits. These are all very small systems, which makes it difficult to build. You have to cool it, you have to shield it from magnetic Interaction, so it's difficult to build these systems, but of course we can do that. And in the moment, there's a certain competition underway. What is the best technical realization? And we do not see yet where this takes us. So not it's not so clear. Like when the hard, the classical computer started, it was also not so clear what it's going to be. 
I love the analogy that you used with the big house with the different rooms. And that I think to someone like me who is extremely unfamiliar with quantum computing, that at least gives me some insight into how different a classic computer versus a quantum computer, how different that they are and the capabilities and the intricacies of a quantum computer on the highest level I know. And uh, since a quantum computer has this exponential power, you can solve problems that run away exponentially and are not solvable for classical computing. And one of them is the so-called prime number decomposition. It's also used in today's secure that today's communication is safe. But quantum computers can actually decompose that because they are so powerful. So they can do this prime number decomposition very fast. Other examples are the traveling salesman problem in logistics or the drug search in medicine or calculating mm. of climate models or financial models. And with quantum computing, you can also build a quantum internet and use the quantum properties to make this quantum internet very safe. So this is also an area that is under investigation at the moment apart from building hardware for the quantum computer, also build the quantum internet. And there, in the moment, there is a hype going on in many countries. A lot of money is spent on these um, technologies, like in the US, in China, but also in Europe. China is very much ahead in the quantum internet, although they don't communicate much what is happening and much is going on and a lot of money is spent in the US and in Europe now with regards to building a quantum computer hardware in one of these technologies, as I mentioned, that under investigation in the moment. And we have players like IBM, Intel, we have Google, mm -hmm. that two years ago claimed to have quantum supremacy, where they had made it possible with the first quantum computer to solve problems faster than with a classical computer. These are, together with others, very much ahead in building the hardware and make it available. You can get access to this hardware online already. And other companies, Microsoft, AWS, are also embarking and uh, using this technology, building software stacks, making it available as a cloud service so they, we can access and build test systems, uh, test algorithms already very easily on these cloud systems. You mentioned a few different companies there, obviously big players in the tech space. What else is happening currently in the development of quantum technologies and who are the main participants in the development? Is that something that it. IBM, AWS, Microsoft, today are the main participants? Are there others? These are the main big participants. We have many small participants, startups that are playing in this arena as well. And they are several approaches actually to realize this quantum computing. And we also have a lot of research going on at universities. So there's also a lot of activities from university side going on. Interesting. And it sounds like a relatively new topic, but for those of us kind of on the other side of it, I'm sure it's just coming up now. But for you, someone in your position, it sounds like you've been dealing with it and learning about it and figuring it out for a while now. So I look forward to seeing what the developments are in, in the near future. 
And bringing it back around to SAP, you know, how does quantum computing relate to SAP? Of course, we need to stay leading edge. So we need to understand this technology and we are in the course of doing so. Subconcentrates on the, of course, algorithms on the software layer, not on the hardware. So we, we don't build hardware, but we follow very closely what is being built on the hardware side. And then we will follow on with the software stack to terms of the keep leading edge for our, mm-hmm. for our, um, in our technology and for our customers. So we clearly are, are getting involved in quantum computing, and I'm sure you are heavily involved with that at SAP. So what are the focus areas and initiatives that SAP is currently involved in regarding quantum technologies, to well, name a few? The most actual one, uh, we are founding member of the uh, so-called QTech, that is an industry consortium of big uh, European companies like um, BSF, Bosch, Infineon, Siemens, all the automotive players, they look for to industrialize this quantum technology is specifically for chemical, pharma, insurance, automotive. And we are also planning to build big research center for quantum computing together with the Technical University of Munich, where we want to spend about 100 million on the campus of the Technical University to build a research center so that we really stay leading edge and use this technology in the future, also for the benefit of our customers. Yeah, so it sounds like SAP is super heavily involved in the development of this within SAP and in the industry, which is fantastic. And as you stated, very leading edge, so staying on top of the latest and greatest. And I'm sure we'll be seeing and hearing more about it shortly. But in your opinion, what is the relevance of quantum technologies for enterprises and This is kind of a two-part question. So the relevance for enterprises, but also why is it relevant for SAP's customers and, you know, for which industries do you see the most relevance in the future? Well, similar like machine learning, quantum computer will support solving problems that we cannot do in the classical computing. I mentioned a few. So you will not use it to do accounting like we do in the classical system, but really... um, solve new problems like find new drugs or do autonomous driving um, mm-hmm. or improve your logistics models. These are all use cases that are currently under investigation of our industry partners or uh, customers. And so we also make sure that SAP keeps this in the SAP portfolio and there's a development, strong development area also as part of the SAP organization to make sure that we have this in the future in our portfolio. I imagine a future IT landscape to be a hybrid architecture. It's not going to be replacing quantum computer, computing everything, but the quantum computing will be a, a very sort of powerful technology to solve certain problems, but it is complemented by the classical IT that we know. And so there is a hybrid landscape that you can expect in the future. The combination of quantum computing and classical computing um, as we know it uh, today. Mm-hmm. It sounds like quantum computing is really at the foundation of what we would call in the past the future of technology. And, and it's, it seems like it's becoming very present and it's going to allow us to get to those next levels with the more complicated technologies and really develop very rapidly in, in areas that 
we may have not been able to do so in the past. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing that come to fruition and learning more about it as time goes on. And that was really my last question for you, Dr. Quack, on the topic of quantum computing and, and its relevance to SAP and SAP's customers. And thank you for trying to make it as high level and put it in as layman's terms as possible for those of us without your background. I appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. Is there anything else that you wanted to just leave off with before we close and wrap up? Quantum computer is closer and then you think, I would say. Some years ago, people thought, well, this is 10 years out. You don't need to think about, but it's really, you can um, already now with two clicks be in a quantum computer. It's going to be very soon out of our technology. So make yourself familiar and uh, understand and stay tuned so that we all stay leading edge here on SAP and for our customers. Perfectly said. So we will all stay on our toes and keep our eyes and ears peeled to learn more about it because it's here now and coming soon. So our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about quantum computing at SAP or just in general, which I certainly do, and I'm sure most of you do, check out the articles that we will be posting with the podcast. One will be in English, one will be in German for our German speakers. So, and and before, be sure to follow SAP, Dr. Engelbert Quack, and, and, you know, just the developments that will be coming out and follow along the journey and stay up to date on the leading edge technology as Dr. Quack has put it. And thank you for listening in today and we'll see you next time. Thank you, Dr. Quack, for joining us. Thank you.